Good job, Corey. Anything else you got, honey? One thing we wanted to do is welcome home Larry and Cheryl Falday. After 10 years on the mission field, and they are back home now after 10 years, so that's amazing. Uh, that's quite a feat. So let's give them another big hand. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I wanted to tell them, uh, I had a word for you in a dream that I wanted to share with you, but I think everybody can get this, okay, if you want it. Here was the dream. In the dream, Larry and Cheryl, Becky and I, and another couple were together. And the other couple, we're all like people doing ministry, okay? Uh, the other couple, um, that we're all about the same age, you know, uh, and the other couple, someone came into their life that was very wealthy and decided to give their ministry a half a million dollars, okay? And, yeah, but the sad thing was, was it diminished the other couple. Over a period of time, they were diminished as, as people, but I noticed, Larry and Cheryl, is your character only increased over a period of time. And see, God looks at the heart, and I feel like the Lord was saying about you guys, this is the good part of it, that really the Lord wants to honor you because you've honored the Lord. You haven't sold out. You haven't looked for prominence. You haven't looked for money. None of that's been important to you. And the Lord really wants to honor and bless you for that and let you know that he's, His eyes on you and that I only, I only see increase in your life. There's only going to be an increase spiritually. You're not going to be di- diminished. And the Lord will take care of all those you know, things that finances take care of. So, Lord, let's just reach your hands towards Larry and Cheryl. Father, we want to thank you that they gave their last 10 years of their life. They left their grandchildren and children and really made a lot of sacrifices to take a low place of washing the the feet of many saints, Lord. And, Lord, they had major impact on a lot of people's lives. The testimonies I hear is people came and came and said, "You, you changed my life. And we thank you for that, Lord. And they are not looking for honor. They're not looking for prominence. They're not looking for money, Lord. But they're looking to be and do all the things that you said they are. And, and they will do, Lord. And so, Lord, we just want to say thank you for people like that who are not willing to receive honor from men, who are not willing to sell out, but willing to take a low place. And you yourself was that. That's who you are. That's your nature. So bless them, Lord. Yeah. And let this time, the next season in their life, be the greatest ever. Yeah. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And unfortunately, I get to go talk to my the other couple and tell them to be careful <laughs> about their future. Amen? Not that money's a bad thing, but the love of money can destroy you. So you need to really be careful. All right, so I want to talk to you this morning. I've been talking to you about the Lord's Prayer. And I want to read this right quick. Um, isn't the Lord's Prayer awesome? Yeah. Hey, why don't we do this? Let's put it up there, and let's be good old... Uh, I don't know what uh, denominations do this, but sometimes you hear people, they all stand up and read something together. You want to do that? Let's stand up and read this together. Okay, we'll just read through the Lord's Prayer, and it's a good prayer to read through. In this, all right, come on, let's. In this manner, therefore pray.
I just tricked some of you into praying. You prayed more just then you have in months. <laughs> just kidding. All right, so I want to remind you of what I share. This prayer, this is a quickie. It's, this, I said this last week, but I want to say it again. Just get it in your heart. The outline of the prayer, and one is Jesus gave us the two purposes for prayer. One is worship, praise, and relationship with the Father, and the other is to bring the kingdom of heaven into our lives, into this world. That's the two, only two purposes of prayer given in the whole Bible. And so once we, uh, you know, worship the Lord some, then we shift into bringing the kingdom and how the kingdom affects our natural life, give us this day our daily bread, our physical life. That could be your bank account, that could be your health, you know, that could be, your, you know, your family, anything. It's just everything, anything you can see with your natural eyes and touch with your natural eyes and hear, you want the kingdom of God being manifest with power in that area of your life. That's what that's for. The next one uh, has to do with forgiveness. It has to do with the realm of our soul. That's what I talked about last week, is getting the kingdom of heaven into the realm of our souls, getting our souls healed of all the wounds, hurts, and things that have clung to us, and being, uh, you know, being delivered and restored, God restoring your life to what he has. And the third one thing is the relationship with the devil. Okay? Bringing the kingdom of heaven in because we, every one of you in this room has a relationship with the devil. I hope it's a bad relationship, not a good relationship. But see, there, uh, we do have to deal with, with the enemy. There's an enemy that is out there. Uh, the prince of the power of the air is what Paul called him. He's out there, he's, uh, some, he's, a, he's a, a being that we have to deal with as believers. Now, so what I want to do is, and I don't really talk about the enemy very much uh, in my preaching, so I'm, I don't think about the enemy a lot, actually, except, Lord, get the devil, right? <laughs> Keep him away, out of my life. I don't want the devil messing with me. So, but I'm not a devil, fo- I don't have a big devil. I have a big God, right? That's how I approach it. God's big, God's already beat the devil. But let's, let's get some, some reality here. We need to understand the devil. We need to understand the schemes of the devil because here's the truth. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I see the devil working in a lot of people, a lot of people in this room. I see the devil working in your life. I've had the devil work in my life, okay, a lot, okay. And so I've learned some things about the devil over the years, uh, about how he operates, and so... That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. It's what Paul says, be aware of the schemes of the devil. And so I want to tell you about some schemes of the devil. But first of all, I want to tell you what the Bible says, because this is really important that you understand this quickie thing about the devil, okay, about where he stands and what his position is now. So I'm going to give you some scriptures real quick. Uh, Colossians 1.13, this is what the Bible says. He, being the Lord himself, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Isn't that good news? That's, the good, we, that has, that's a historical fact that we have been placed in the kingdom. We have been removed from the power of darkness. We're no longer in that realm. All right, Colossians 2.15, uh, this is awesome. Having disarmed principalities and powers... He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, speaking of the cross. So Christ has not only defeated the devil at the cross, the devil lost all his weapons at the cross. The devil has no weapons. He doesn't have a sword. He didn't have a gun. He don't have any of that 
to operate in our lives. Now, that's what, that's what it says. Okay, but you may say, well, wait a minute. What about Ephesians 6 where Paul talks about the armor of God and he talks about the shield of faith in particular to quench the fiery darts of the devil? Have you thought about that? Is, is that kind of thing? See, to me, I'm, that's my first Well, Wait a minute, if he's been disarmed, where's, where are these fiery darts? You know, well, the fiery darts are this. If you really study it, the fiery darts are lies. That's exactly what they did. The devil has, he doesn't have any weapons, but he's a liar. Jesus said in that chapter 8 of John, the devil is a liar and the father of lies. And so all weapons that the devil has is a lie, okay? In fact, the first weapon that the devil used on mankind in the garden, the woman, Eve, is he, made, he told her a lie, okay? That, and that's how he always does it. Paul said, I didn't write this scripture down, 2 Corinthians 11.3, I fear that the serpent, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, deceived Eve by craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So your mind is the battlefield. Okay, your mind is where the enemy goes after you. And he goes after you with lies. Okay? If you believe a lie, if you accept a lie, you accept the devil's doctrine. Uh, if you look at uh, Matthew 13, you know, has many of the parables of the kingdom. It, it, there's an interesting one. It talks about the parable of the mustard seed. It talks about a mustard seed being the smallest seed. They plant and it becomes this great tree. And then he says something. And, and the birds of the air come into the tree. You know what those birds are? He told us what the birds were in the parable of the sower. They're demons. Demons are flying over our heads constantly. I've seen them. They're flying over our heads, okay? And they're looking for heads, for minds to nest in. Okay, that's what they're doing. They're looking for a mind that will receive. And you know what, you know what birds do? Have you ever had a bird to do some waste on you? I mean, some people, that's actually happened to them. They feel a splat on their head. Okay, I know people, that's happened. I was standing with a guy one time and splat. It's like, wow, I'm glad I wasn't standing there. Well, that's what's happening. These birds are flying over our heads. We can't stop the birds at this point in history. Okay, and we can't even stop them from dumping waste. But we can stop them from nesting in our heads. So we really need to understand today the, the number one battlefield where the enemy is at work is in the battlefield of your mind. That's where he operates. That's how he operates. And that's how he gets authority over people is through lies. Okay, let me read this First Corinthians 15, 24 through 25. I'm giving you a real squeezed up theology on the devil. Okay. Uh, it's talking about the end of time. Uh, verse 24, then, the, then comes the end. And when he delivers the kingdom the kingdom to God the Father, and He puts an end, everybody say, puts an end to all rule and authority and power. This is what Paul was saying. The devil's rule and authority and power is still here. It has not ended yet. Do you get That's what he's saying there. He still has authority, and that's why Paul called him the prince of the power of the air. Although he's defeated... The devil is still here. The devil still has authority. He still has a rulership and he still has power through lies. Do y'all get this? This is really key that we get this and understand this. And then he says, for he must reign, this is talking about Christ, till he has put all enemies under his feet. 
In other words, the day will come when the enemy will be completely placed under the feet of Jesus. But that time has not come yet. Romans 16, 20. This is the clincher for us. This is what Romans 16, 20 means. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. The body of Christ is the, is the vehicle. It's the body of Jesus. That's the feet that Paul is talking about in Corinthians. That's, that's how this deal is going to work. He's going to put the enemy under. We're going to put the enemy under Christ's feet because we are His feet. That's why we say, Your kingdom come, Lord. We're praying literally. We're going to step on the devil. We're going to overcome the devil. It's our job to do that. It's, it's the body of Christ's job to crush the enemy on the earth. And so God, Christ will return on the earth when all the, His enemies have been put under His feet. And He says the last enemy is death. The last enemy. Death's an enemy. Death's no friend of ours. So are y'all, are y'all following that? That's a quick, quickie little ver- thing of why the devil... Because de- I've asked the Lord, well, I thought the devil was defeated. Why is he kicking everybody's rear end? Why is he stealing from everybody? Why is he messing everybody up? That's why. Do y'all get that? You need to know why. You need to know biblically why what's happening around you. Why the enemy still is operating even though he is absolutely defeated by the cross. You need to know it. You need to know it. That's why Paul says, don't be aware of his schemes. Understand his schemes. Understand your enemy. Because when he comes at you, you need to know so you can have authority over him, not give him a place. All right, uh, 1 Peter 5, 8. Uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the way he operates is like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's a liar. He, he deceives you. Some of you are deceived, but here there's this, this devouring spirit is what it is. He devours people. He slowly but surely gets into a person's life and begins to slowly but surely devour that person. Okay, that, so when I said there's a devouring spirit in, in the United States government, our government is being devoured from the inside out because the enemy's in our government. But you know how he's in our government? He's, he's, the people have believed stuff that's not true and they've, they're living it out now. That's how the enemy can destroy a nation. You know, you look at the nation of Haiti, destroyed by the enemy. He's devoured the country. So that's what happens to us. The enemy doesn't come along and just knock people, you know, wipe people out, kill people. He doesn't, he's deceptive, he's stealthy, he, he's, he's, uh, he's very insidious the way he operates in our lives. He doesn't, he doesn't typically just come and expose himself. I'm the devil, I'm here to hurt you. He doesn't come like that. He comes, he comes insidiously. He comes tricking you. He comes telling you things that are not true and you begin to believe them. So John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief, the thief does not come except to steal, that's the first thing, and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. So what you'll see in your life if, when you begin to understand this and what you'll see you know, if you look at anything really in the natural and biblically is the devil works very methodically. He's, he's very methodical in how he operates. He's very insidious the way he operates. He works undercover. He's stealthy. He works. He has a method, and he works at it and works at it and works at it. And that's how he, he gets people. 
And if the first thing he does is he steals from them. He begins to steal their dreams. Okay, he begins to steal their passion for the Lord. He begins to steal the things in you that really matter. He don't really give a rip about something. You know, he doesn't really care about some natural things. He's, he's looking to get the things that are in your heart. He begins to steal people's true identity, who they really are. He begins to tell them lies and tell them they look in the mirror and they think, they think worthless thoughts about themselves. Or they look in the mirror, they look in the mirror and they have these desires in their life and they feel bad about those desires. Not knowing those desires could be from the Lord. But the enemies tell them they're a bad person because, well, that's just ridiculous. You should never desire something like that. You ever thought about that? Yeah, I know. A lot of people have some great desires, but they are denying to the day is long. And really the desires are from the Lord. They're from God. But the enemy's got them believing a bad thing. So that's, he begins by stealing. Then, then he says he kills. That does not mean like kill you where they had to bury you. That means he kills the life of Christ out of you. It kills the passion. It, it kills the, the spiritual thing in you. If you, ever, if you are a Christian this morning and you're lukewarm and you don't really have a desire for the Lord, you know what? The devil's at work in your life. The devil is killing something in you. Especially if you were a person that one time had a passion. Especially as a one time you was a person who really cared about what the Lord cared about. But now you don't anymore. See, he's been, the enemy's been working, devouring you on the inside. Does that make sense? Now this is really, I'm telling you the truth this morning. We need to really face ourselves this morning. What's really going on in our hearts. Because those things happen because there's a reason for them happening. There's an enemy. And then finally he destroys you. He just wrecks everything in your life. That's when your life goes down the, the tubes. You see, that's his ultimate. And, and really, I don't believe a lot of times the devil wants to kill people where we had to bury him. I think he just wants to destroy your life where he can sit back and say to other people, that's what happens to Christians. Look how messed up they are. Do you want to follow a God and they're so wrecked, they're so destroyed, they've lost everything, they've lost all their wealth, they've lost all their dreams, they're messed up, they're mad at God, they're blaming God, they're crushed and destroyed. That's the devil's ultimate goal for you and I. Is to put us in that state. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Destroy your family, destroy your health, destroy your ministry, destroy your career, destroy your business, destroy all your relationships. Now, all right, anyways, let's look at Joel chapter 1, verse 4. Because in Joel, 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 Joel. There's three chapters in Joel. Chapter 1 is about desolation. Chapter 2 is about restoration. Chapter 3 is about God judging the world, not, not believers. Okay, so Joel really gives some insight, I think, at least in my life, on how the enemy works. And so in uh, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. So there's like these four stages of ruin that Joel is talking about here. There's four stages of what happens. A downward spiral in, in a person's life or a nation's life 
that happens. The first one is what they call chewing locust, or some translations use gnawing locust. And what that locust, see, what I did is I went back and studied locust. Found out what the Hebrew word meant, studied those locusts, found out what, because these are, these are different kinds of locusts and they attack different things in your life. Are you following this? So the first locust t- targets the fruit in your life, okay? The fruit is the thing in your life, okay? It's the thing in your life that you have sown towards. It's the thing in, in your life that you have been intentional about in your life. It, for some people, it's their children. Is the enemy attacks their children. It goes after them, goes after them. And we were, Becky and I were talking about this. Man, if your kids are okay, 80% of your life is okay. I'm serious. I mean, even as a grown parent, if your kids are messed up, you're messed up. You know, I mean, this, you never quit being a parent. I'm sorry to say. I mean, not sorry, but you know what I'm saying. I'm happy when my kids are doing great, but I'm not happy when my kids are not doing great. And so that's, that's a picture of it. It's, a, it's all your sowing and planting that you've done in your life. In the natural, it could, be, it could be your bank account that you have worked a lifetime to save. And there's this gnawing at it. There's this nibbling at it. There's this chewing at it. Now, it's not something that happens apparently. It's not apparent. It's like inflation that's working behind the scenes. And your money is slowly eroding. In other words, your dollars go less and less everywhere, every day. A little less, a little less, a little less. Or it's like termites in a house. They're eating away at the house. Everything looks good on the surface. You may look good. You may be praising the Lord. You may, have a, you may be thinking everything's great in your life, but there's something in the background of your life working on you little by little, nibbling away at the fruit of your life. Nibbling away of everything. It could be your ministry. It could be your anointing. It could be whatever it is that's important to you. Whatever in your life that you feel like is fruit for you, something that God has given you, this locust goes after it. And it nibbles. That's why it says it's a gnawing or chewing locust. Are y'all following that? It's persistent because the devil is a master at nibbling at people. He's a master at just chewing away a little bit at a time in you where you're not aware of it. Okay, you're not thinking about it. You look good on the outside, but one day you wake up and you're not good. One day you wake up and you have loss in your life. Y'all just looking at me. It's a persistent loss, a little here. It's like drip, like a faucet, just dripping away at you. Tap, 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 you know, on you. Now, how do you know it is good? How do you know if this is going on? Things eat at you. This is how I discovered this. Is what, things eat at me. Somebody will say something to me. I'll be bothered by it for days. I can't get it out of my mind. It's just eating at me. Or somebody did something to me. Or I think they did something. And it's just eating away at me. I'm just consumed by that thought of what they've done or not done. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like you can't get it out of your mind. It just plays over and over and over on the inside of you. It's like, a, it's like a nag. It's just nagging at you and you can't, you can't get it out of your mind. That's the enemy. He's, that's that locust chewing at your fruit. You know, when you should be full of life and joy, no, there's something bothering you. You're always bothered. You're always bothered. There's always something wrong in your life. You're always irritated with somebody. Or you're eat up with self-pity. You always have this pity about yourself. That's, that's what, that's, those are signs that tell you there's something wrong. There's, there's this locust chewing, there's this demonic locust that's chewing on you. 
It's chewing at you. And you're, if you're down a lot, I'm not talking about clinical depression, but if you're down a lot and for no reason, you got a locust working on you. You got something chewing at you. Y'all okay? All right, the next one, what they call the swarming locust. And these are, are what they call a migrate. They're a migrating or military locust. They're a strategy locust. So what these locusts do, these locusts don't directly attack. These locusts are like terrorists. They begin to study. They study you. They begin to understand you. They begin to understand how you think. It's like they're watching you. They're like, it's like terrorists. They, they go into a place. They look around. They understand how many people are going to be here, when they're going to be here, how these people act, what they're going to be paying attention to so they can hurt the most people at one time. That's how these locusts are. They look at you. They watch you. They study you. They watch how you react in different situations. They're keeping notes on you. They're keeping notes on you. And when they do attack you, guess what happens? They're one step ahead of you all the time. They're one step. Everything you do doesn't. Have you ever been in a situation like that? When you feel like everything you did didn't work. Every scripture that you knew didn't work. Every prayer that you knew didn't work. Nothing worked. Has anybody ever been like that? I've had a situation where somebody told me, Byron, the enemy's coming, coming to get you. You need to be on guard. And I had this thing to come. And it was literally like these people knew me. Well, these demons knew me. It's like they knew me inside and out. It's like everything I did, they were waiting on me. Every, you know, situation was happening, and I would try to do what I would do in the situation. They were standing there waiting on me. It's like they were ahead of me. Like they were three moves ahead of me in life. And were beating me at every point. And they had me beat. They had me defeated. I was, I cried out to the Lord. I woke up in one night in the middle of the night and said, Lord, you've got to help me. Please help me, Lord. Because I am getting killed here. I'm getting beat to death. I'm getting, my relationships are falling apart. Everything I'm doing, every decision I'm making, everything that comes my way is failing. And I don't know what to do. There's something bad happening to me. And the Lord showed me a vision. I saw three demons. And it was scary. And he said, that's your problem. They know you. They've been assigned against you. You need to take authority over them demons in your life. I saw these, you know, skull and crossbone, red looking th- eyes looking at me, staring at me. Two o'clock in the morning. You think that won't get you scared? You want to run out of the house? No, at that point, you know what? I was scared, but I was mad because I was tired of what was going on in my life. Those were those terrorist locusts. That's what those were. Those, those were those swarming locusts. You know, well, anyways, in the Old Testament, Satan only appears four times in the whole Old Testament. Do you ever think about that? Four times. He only shows up four times because he's a terrorist. He's stealth. He's hiding. New Testament, four times, by the way. Are you anybody curious when they, he showed up? One was Eve, right? Job, right? Joshua the high priest, David, four times. New Testament, Jesus opens his mouth, demons are manifesting because light uncovers darkness. They're everywhere in the New Testament. You ever thought about that? Like, where are all these demons at in the Old Testament? They just didn't show in the Old Testament. Jesus, See, Jesus was exposing them. 
And see, that's what happened to me that night. When I cried out, Lord, he exposed what was happening in my life. He exposed the, the enemy in my life. Otherwise, I was going down. I was going to be defeated. Um, all right. The next locust are the crawling, what they call the crawling locust. Literally, that's a larva. You know what a larva is? Or an egg. And uh, it's designed to hatch against you. In other words, the enemy drops something into your mind or drops something into your heart and it broods in him. It's like a hen brooding over you. Unforgiveness is a larva. It's in you. It's just brooding away inside of you. And eventually it hatches out and there's bitterness and murder. That's what happens. Bitterness, and that's where Christians kill people, believe it or not. Or they want to, Right? Don't tell me you ain't ever wanted to really kill somebody. You know? <laughs> the crawling locust attacks the possibilities in your life. That's what they do. The, the things before they come to pass, the things that God has for you, the dreams that God has for you, the visions that God the things that God wants for you, the crawling locusts attack them and abort them before they ever get a chance to come to pass. You, people wonder, why didn't that work out? God put that in me. I know he did. And the enemy came in somehow, got into you, and brooded inside of you a thought. Adultery starts that way. Or fornication. You look at another person, you want something you can't have. And you begin to think about it and think about it and think about it. That's why Paul said, cast down every vein of imagination. Don't let those things into your heart. Don't let your heart be a place where those thoughts can rest because they're what they are. When you're thinking about that, like if you're thinking about immorality, or if you have an unforgiving heart, a bitterness towards somebody, if you're constantly thinking about it, you are allowing that egg. It's like a mother hen, the devil, sitting on that egg, warming it so it can hatch out into your life. And then, uh, then adultery happens. Then fornication happens. Then bitterness happens. You become a bitter person. You become a poisoned person. And it's aborting everything that God had for you in your life. It's aborting God's purposes for you. Y'all looking at me meanly. Here's a great scripture actually in Joel 1.8 that describes this. Verse, Joel 1 verse 8. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. You know what that means? It means a woman who was engaged to a man. A young woman engaged to a man. And he died before they could ever get married. That's what what that means. The man died. Her dream died. Why did the dream die? That's a picture of what these locusts do to you. That's a picture when they hatch something. The thing that God had for you dies before you can ever get to it. Or before it can ever get to you. These are the schemes of the devil. This is how the devil devours people. Lots of times we think our dreams are like, well, it got delayed, this, that, that. We get all these spiritual reasons. Really, the one, of the, one reason is the devil. One reason the devil had something in you and it destroyed that dream before you could ever get to that dream. Now, God can resurrect anything, but I'm just telling you. Are y'all all right? You don't look all right. It is well, it's sobering. I'm just saying this is our enemy. This is, this is why we, we had to be aware of this. I hear people all the time talking to me about stuff that they can't let go of. Like, let it go! But they won't. They don't realize the enemy's eating away at them. 
just eating away at them. Why can't you let that go? That's just not your problem. And you know, if you go far enough with that, you know, the next locust, well, i tell you another thing about that one particular locust, the crawling locust, is envy and jealousy. Envy and jealousy. If you've got envy and jealousy going on in your life, you've got that locust at work in your heart. If you're envious of people, or if you're jealous about something, why didn't I get to do that? Why didn't God, why is God blessing them and he's not blessing me? Why did God do that and he didn't do that for me? Have you heard, I've heard people say that. I'm thinking, I don't know. Probably the devil, you know. That's just a sign of something in your life eating you up. The last one is the consuming locust. And that's, well, just putting it bluntly, all hell breaking loose in your life. That's destruction. That's, that's when your life starts really getting into a mode where your, your life's destro- being destroyed. Everything about your life's being destroyed. And I've seen that with people. I've seen people's lives destroyed. I'm talking about people who had future, people who had hope, people who had God in them. And I've seen them go step by step backwards in their life. Joel 2, uh, not, not Joel, Joel 1.10, this is a picture of this. And it says, the field is wasted. Now, in those days, fields is how people lived. It was an agricultural society. The field's wasted, the land mourns. For the grain is ruined. In other words, there's no economics. Your economics are destroyed. Economically, you're destroyed. I'm telling you something. There's people who have economic destruction, and it wasn't just because of the economy of the United States. It was because the enemy had came into them and began to devour them. And it didn't happen in a day. That's what I want to say to people all the time. When some calamity hits them, this didn't start today. This has been going on for a long, long time. And like I said, the enemy's been eating away a long time in your life. That's what's frightening about this. Is in one day, all hell breaks loose and you have this calamity in your life. And you're wondering, where's God? Why hasn't God done something? And it's like, God's been trying to tell you for a long time and pull you out of this mess. And it, dis, it says this, the new wine is dried up. You know what new wine is? That's the, uh, the anointing. That's the revelation of the Holy Spirit. That's God speaking to you. That's everything there is spiritually. Suddenly all that's dried up. Am I talking to anybody in this room? Has anybody in this room ever been to a place you felt like the new wine was dried up in your life? You felt like it was all gone? Well, that wasn't something God did. He didn't turn off the new wine spigot in your life. Okay? It's the enemy at work in your life. The new wine is dried up and the oil fails. The anointing fails. In other words, what you was able to do at one time, you may have been a beautiful businessman and you could make money because God had put so much favor on you and blessed what you were doing and suddenly you can't do jack. The oil fails. This is a happy day, isn't it? Well, it is a happy day because this is not the end of the story. I wanted to, that's just a picture. I want to get people to get a picture. And I want you to get a picture of yourself. I want some of us in this room to get a picture of what's going on inside of us. To let you know there's a devouring spirit working in your life. And one day you will come to that place where you will have destruction in your life. 
One day you will come to a place where things will fail and you're going to wonder why you're going to blame God or you're going to blame your spouse or whatever, your boss or whoever, your pastor. Don't blame me. <laughs> All of that. And, it's, and it didn't happen. It's nobody's fault. It's because we have this enemy at work. And God is saying, listen, he's at work. You need to be aware of him. You need to deal with him. You do. You need to deal with what you're doing in your life. Now, I was talking to a pastor the other day, and we were talking about this little baby that we were praying for. Becky and I was praying for this baby. And because uh, Kara, our daughter-in-law, works at CMC Neo, whatever, neonatal with little babies that are born bad sick so it's great time to time she sends us a picture of a baby and what's wrong with the baby and the baby's name for us to pray for the baby this one baby got through all the neonatal now she's got brain cancer and there's no hope for the baby naturally and we were like Lord you know we're crying out for this baby Lord heal the baby so I went and met with these pastors and I told one of the pastors, I said, well, we're praying for this baby. And the baby's name, A-L-Y-N. She sent something. I thought she sent a name of that baby. Well, she wasn't supposed to give the name of the baby. Anyways, Lord bless Kara, right? But here's what the pastor said. Now, I agreed with him, but I didn't really feel like the heart was right. He said, well, that's just sin. Because I was saying, I was saying, that really makes me hate the devil for this little baby to be something like, well, that's just sin. Like, somebody sinned, and that's why she has it. Well, somebody did sin, okay? Of course they did. Everybody sins. We're all sinners. We all have fallen from what the glory of the God. But there's a devil at work killing babies. And we want to blame everybody's sin instead of saying, God, we've got to do something. We've got to put a stop to this madness. We've got to put a stop to it. It's our job to crush that. We've got to. It's our job. We're to crush him. The field is wasted. The land mourns for the grain is ruined. The new wine is dried up. The oil fails. All right. Good news. Are y'all getting something out of this? Listen, this is what I'm going to tell you the truth. I got this the hard way. Okay? Because I wanted to know why... Do I have defeat in my life? Why, why are some of the dreams that I know God has given me, why are they not working? I need to know, Lord. I need to know why some stuff is happening. Is it you? Is it me? Am I just some immature person? Is it just timing? You know, if it's timing, great. Lord, help me have grace to live out my life and come into everything you have for me in time. But if the enemy is doing something, I need to do something about that. I don't need to just sit back and take it. I don't need to be sitting there weeping over things and God to say, why are you crying? Get up from there. Do something about it. Anyways, Jesus, this is what Joel 2.25, I read this to you yesterday, last week, yesterday. So I'll restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great, so the Lord is saying this. Listen, it doesn't matter that the enemy's done all this. The Lord says, I have a plan to, to put a stop to that, to help you, and to restore what you've lost. Now, again, God can't, is not going to go back and restore those years in, in the sense that you get to relive them, but He is going to restore your heart. And all that God meant for you to have when the enemy was eating it up, 
God will restore it back to you if you'll let Him. Because God, that's, that's the heart of God. He's a restorer. He wants to touch people's lives. He wants to fix their lives. Are you following this? But here's the, the last thing I wanted to share. And I want some people in this room this morning besides me to come clean on some things. I get tired of coming clean on stuff in front of everybody, you know. Nobody else wants to come clean on. I want some people in here who are living in self-pity and people in here brooding over stuff. I want you to come clean this morning with the Lord. If you're brooding over something or what somebody else has done or what somebody did last year or whatever it is, you need to start coming clean. I'm brooding over this. This is the devil working in my life. You know, when I start brooding over things, I realize God is telling me, Byron, the devil is at work in your life. Why are you brooding over that? That's, you're, something's going to hatch in you that's going to be bad if you keep it up. Revelation 6, 5 through 6. Y'all, ooh, this is a terrible chapter in the Bible. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Revelation 6. They're talking the four horsemen of Revelation. The first horse was a white horse. And it said it came, went out to conquer. I mean, this is, this is a great army, a great thing that comes, it sweeps over the earth and conquers everybody, beats everybody. You, it's the, probably the greatest army that ever arises, but they're not a good army, I don't think. Right, Scott? They're a bad army, yeah. Scott agrees. They're bad. <laughs> he knows the book of Revelation. This is a bad army. It's a white horse. It's not Jesus. Like some people have said, no, no, no. He's the one who opened it and released it. But it's a bad army that sweeps over. And then the next horse is a red horse, right? And the red horse is conflict, right? Yes, it's conflict. There's this conflict that starts on the earth. People are, countries are coming against each other. People are coming against you. White people and black people are we think it's going to be bad. White people and Hispanic people. Hispanic people and black. I mean, cultures will rise up against each other. It will be a time of great conflict in the earth. Okay, then the black horse comes up. This is the economic destruction that's going to come up. There's going to be an economic destruction that's going to come over the whole earth. Okay? I'm talking about in the end times. I don't know when, but... You know, I'm not talking about the rapture here and all that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says is going to happen. And if it says it's, if it's in there, it's going to happen. There's going to be economic destruction in the earth. And the final horse is a pale horse, horse number four, which is death and destruction. See, that's the enemy's final thing. Okay, this, this pale horse marching. Well, see, in a sense, we have these things that come at us, these, these four horsemen. But this is so cool. It says, when he, being Christ, opened the third seal... I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So they wanted people to see. They wanted John, look, you need to see this. So I looked and behold, a black horse. Okay, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. Okay, so here's a guy riding this horse that has some scales. He was going to weigh some stuff and measure some stuff, okay. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius. That's the grain. That's what Joel was seeing. He was seeing destruction. In other words, this was not much grain for a lot of money. In other words, in that time, food is going to be really scarce on the earth. Guess who's not going to get food? You know, guess the people who's not going to get food. Well, probably, probably old people. You know, if you're old, 
you're probably they're going to probably not feed you. They're going to probably like you're just old and worthless. We want you off the face of the earth. Probably little children, like we don't need these kids. There's too many of them. Let's wipe them off. And probably believers, Christians. I mean, I I believe this could really happen. You know, where they they you know the food supply is going to be so short. Only the people in charge who tow the party line will have access to food. But here's something great. But it says this: Do not listen. To this do not harm the oil and the wine. Okay, so don't harm the oil and the wine. See, in Joel's day, the revelation dried up, the anointing dried up. But in this day, I believe in our day, we don't. The revelation doesn't have to dry up. The anointing doesn't have to dry up. We have a inexhaustible supply of anointing. We have an inexhaustible supply of revelation. We have an open heaven in Christ that we can begin to operate under. Okay? We really do. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. That's not just spiritual mumbo-jumbo or good stuff to talk about. It's the truth. We can live under a waterfall of revelation. We can live under a waterfall of anointing. Okay? But when we begin to believe the lies of the devil, all that's going to be cut off in your life. You got that? But see, God's intent now is for it never to be cut off. Economically, things could get cut off. The world could go down down the tubes at some point. But that doesn't mean spiritually. I believe God is making a promise here. Don't Nobody's touching that. Nobody's touching the anointing of the Spirit. Nobody's touching revelation. And what that says to me today is I can walk in revelation no matter what's going on. In fact, the revelation is what's going to get me out of it. Connecting in with, with the mind of Christ instead of let, connecting in with the lies of the devil. Well, you know, this is one of them kind of messages you really want people to get it and you want to just keep banging away at them hoping they somehow get it. it took, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I got a lot of it the hard way. Think the word insidious. Say insidious. That's how the devil works. He's insidious. He's working in some of his marriage. Right now, he's he's working in some obvious marriage insidiously, behind the scenes, eating away at your marriage. A little here, a little there, a little here, a little there. One day you wake up. Now I'll tell. You, okay, here's something. Have you ever men? Have you ever been in a place with your wife when everything she says irritates you? I mean, she could scratch her head and it irritates you. You know. Well, vice versa. I'm just saying, I ain't saying anything bad about the woman. I'm saying this is, this is how I know when the enemy's at work in my life insidiously. When everything Becky does or says, I'm irritated about it. I'm thinking, wait a minute, what's, what's the deal? I love this person. I think the sun rises and sets in her. Just because she brushes her teeth a certain way, I'm going to be irritated. Something's wrong about that. Something's really... See, that seems like a little thing. But guess what? Little by little by little by... And then one day there's a mountain. And one day you want to leave that girl for the woman at the office. Because you think she's one of them when she brushes her teeth really good. <laughs> you know? Because you have believed a lie. You have let something work in you. That's just the way he works. He's working in people's, he's working in people's uh, dreams in this room. And you're blaming the Lord because your dreams are not being fulfilled. And, and what has happened is you have let something brood in you and grow in you and it's killed the things of God in you before they could come to pass. 
God didn't do it. I'm just here to declare that God has not killed the dreams He put in your heart. He did not kill those dreams. The enemy has ate away at that thing and where you can't even connect with it anymore. Am I being too crazy? Won't you stand up? Well, no, no, sit down. Let's have some truth here. No, I'm serious. We got seven minutes. Let's have some truth. This is come to come to Jesus morning, okay? I'm serious. How many in this room? Now I want you to tell the truth. If this is you, I want you to stand up. You know, stand up and shame the devil. How many in you are in this room? Things that you have worked for, the fruit of your life, you feel like it's being destroyed. Stand up. If you feel like that's you, like good God, I can see that. Well, let me just tell you, that is what the Bible calls a chewing locust. You have a chewing locust working in your life. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray the Lord to break that thing off in you, that commission off in you, to break that chewing locust off in you. And whatever God, the Holy Spirit, tells you later about how to deal with it or whatever, that's between you and God. But I'm going to just pray for you right now. Father, you see your people. They're not, they're not ashamed to stand up. They're, they're standing up and saying, i got something chewing away at my life. It's chewing away at the important stuff in my life. And Lord, I just right now, in the name of the Lord, I just speak over these like, Lord, Lord God Almighty, but Lord, break that thing over them. We break the commission of the enemy over them. We put our foot down on that thing today. We put our foot down and say, no more. No more. No more. You look at your life and you say, no more. I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to lay down and let the enemy destroy me. I'm not going to let him chew up the things that are important in my life. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to watch my kids go down the tubes. I'm not going to watch my marriage go down the tubes. I'm not going to watch my ministry, my anointed, and my calling die. I'm not going to have it. You've got to get violent with this thing. You've got to get mean and you've got to get mad about it. You do. Because you have a violent enemy coming against you and you've got to respond back to him. You go let him, I'm not putting up with this. And you let the Holy Spirit speak to you. That was kind of wild, right? Lord, get rid of them termites. All right, the next one is the swarming locust. The one... <laughs> nah, you can stand up. <laughs> he lost it all. That's a good day for Chuck Moore. The next one... If you feel like you have something working in your life that you can't figure it out, and you feel like, I can't figure this out. Something's wearing me out. Something's beating me. I feel defeated. I can stand up and proclaim and plead the blood of Jesus. Whatever I do, I can pray, and it seems like God doesn't hit. Nothing's working in my life. Well, that's that, that's that military locust. That's that terrorizing thing that's terrorizing your life, going after you. Just stand up. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just condemn. We condemn those swarming locusts, Lord. We break their power over your people. 
We condemn their work. Lord, we just declare their commission is done in the name of Jesus. We just remove that thing off of them right now. We remove all that failure and all that stuff that... All these broken relations, all the broken this and broken that, and this didn't work. It seemed like everything I did was wrong. Every word I said just fell to the ground. God, I'm sick of it, and I'm not going to take it no more. Just tell the devil, you're finished. (laughs) We break it, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. All right, the next one, we're doing mass deliverance. The next one is the crawling locust. It's about your dreams. You feel like you lost your dreams. You feel like they were lost. I had these dreams. I know God spoke that to me. I know He did. And now it has just fallen apart. The fruit of my life, the thing that I felt like God really wanted me to have, is gone. Maybe... Lord, we just want to break the crawling locust off in people right now in Jesus' name. Just aborting their lives, aborting their dreams, aborting the things that you put in them, Lord. Lord, we just speak to that devil. We speak to that spirit that's devouring them, trying to destroy them. And we say no more in the name of Jesus. No more. We put our foots down and we crush you. We crush you in our life. We say, no more. No more. No more. No more. And finally, the consuming locust. If you're a person who feels like a lot of your life, too much of your life has been destroyed by the devil, you just feel like, man, I've been run over. I've just been run over. That's the way I feel. I've been run over. I've been lost too much. I've been hurt too much. I've lost my health. I've lost vision. I've lost dreams. I've just lost too much. Somehow God is not in this for me. This ain't God stealing all this. God's not taking my health. Something's at work in my life. Something evil's at work. If you're that person, stand up. And let's let the Lord do something about that. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you are not going to destroy anybody's life. You are not going to consume people to the point of destruction. That is not what your heart is. You're a restorer, Lord, so we break off. We break it off right now. Consuming locusts, we curse you. We curse you over marriages. We, We curse you over friendships. We curse you over our health. We curse you over, Lord... We curse you over our ministry, our callings, our appointments, our finances, our children, our grandchildren, our families. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Woo, break all that, Lord. No more. No more. Becky says she's got something to say. I saw the Lord. Um, was it, it was yesterday morning I got up. And I saw, I was praying, and I was actually interceding for, for marriages. And I saw a vision, and I saw an arm with a bow pulled back, an arrow. And then I really knew it was an angelic thing. And then I opened up to Psalm 18, where David was crying out to the Lord to be delivered. And he saw the Lord pull the arrow back, and it was released, and it scattered his enemies. So I really feel that this morning, that the enemy is being scattered. We prayed that in the prayer room this morning. We saw the hand of the Lord pulling that arrow back. 
and our enemies being scattered. And I want us to really receive that. Marriages, marriages this morning, we just say receive that, that the enemies of marriages, that the commission of the enemy is broken off of you this morning. Your enemies are being scattered off of our families. Enemies being scattered off of us this morning. So just receive that. Thank you. Just stand up and receive that this morning. Lord, we just say that this morning. We receive that. We saw your arm. Lord, we saw that bow. Lord, we saw the arrow being pulled back, and it was going to scatter our enemies. And that is exactly what is happening here this morning. Our enemies are being scattered in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Enemies are scattered in Jesus name thank you lord i keep standing lord i you said that you would restore you would restore lord you're a god of restoration now lord we're asking you to release that anointing of restoration right now in this room more of it Woo! a couple weeks ago during worship, I don't know if y'all caught this or not, but Jacob early was leading worship. It was two weeks ago, not I think, and he started singing a song. It was uh, it was not a song on his song list. It was a song God gave him at that moment. You bring restoration, and when he did, I knew right then God was saying, "This is really important. You better pay attention to this." That's what he was saying. You better pay attention because that's what I'm up to right now. I'm up to some restoration. That's what I'm doing. You better stop. You better get this. We're in a day of restoration. God is saying, I want to restore some people. Now, God is, is on a mission. He's on a mission. He is on a mission to restore hearts and minds and lives. He wants to restore people's fortunes. He cares about the, the Lord's Prayer, your entire life, every part of it, the Father cares about. Okay? Every part of it. He wants to restore you. And He wants to bring you into a place of prosperity of soul. Where your life is being prospered and, and the favor of God is resting on you again. Now that was important. So we're in this season, we're in this year. I feel like the Lord told me all this year, being a year, I'm going to work on restoration. I'm working on that. God in the word of His grace will restore you. That's what the scripture says. God in the word of His grace. And all I did this morning, I'm not wanting to get the devil. I don't want to give the devil any credit for anything. I want to condemn the devil. I want us to look at what the devil's doing in our life so you can get free from his foolishness. And you can start hating on the devil. When you start all this stuff and you start thinking about people and you're brooding over it and you're mad at somebody or whatever. That you realize the enemy's at work. He's trying to get me. He wants to get me. And you can put a stop to it. We have a big God. Say, I have a big God. God. There's a little devil. devil. In fact, he's little enough for for me to step on him. I'm stepping on the devil today. I'm crushing the devil. I'm saying the God of peace. I got peace with God. The God of peace is with me. He's on my family today. And I'm declaring, I'm going to walk all over 
what's been walking all over me. And I'm going to be free. Because Christ paid for my freedom. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord a thanks. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We just bless your name. Thank you for victory in the tents of the righteous today. Lord, we bless your name. We glorify your name today. Jesus, Jesus, thank you. We want the ministry team to come up and pray for you today. If you really need prayer for healing today, come. Let this team pray for you. If you need for this team to join with you and believe for God over your family, your marriage, every, any situation you're facing today, we have people here to agree with you. Thank you, Lord. Be blessed. Go under the covering of the blood of Jesus. We just released the covering of the blood this morning. Yeah, just receive that as we go out of here. Just say that I'm covered in the blood. Covered in the blood of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Be blessed. Have a good afternoon. And praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Um, the Lord gave me a, a, a two two pictures t- today. One of them I saw I saw a, a fountain from heaven and splitting into seven heads, seven fountains falling, seven s- springs falling down from heaven. And I I really believe that's what the Lord is is doing. He's got. The, it's the seven spirits are ministering right now. The seven spirits of God are ministering the people right now. And I saw, I saw a young lady, dark-skinned, and the Lord said, "That's Evelyn." No, who's Evelyn here? You're, you're Evelyn. I saw you, and the Lord said, "said You are victorious." He said, you are going to be like Lady Liberty, victorious. The li- victorious lady. And lifting your, your light so that people can come out of the darkness. That's what the Lord says. <laughs>